Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Deontra Nicolette. If you're new here, my love, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here for your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And my loves, if you're an OG listener, y'all already know the vibes, okay? Hey, girl. Hey, hey, boy. Hey, what's poppin'? What's good? Welcome back to another episode of Manifest Daily. My loves, I am so excited for this episode because I've been meaning to record this one for a while now. I've had it on the content calendar, literally just been shifting it around for weeks. And today we are finally sitting down and we are chatting all about stoicism and exactly what stoicism is, how to practice stoicism in your everyday life, and just sort of like how the different practices of stoicism and the principles of it can help us live a better and more fulfilled life. But before we do that, my loves, I want to do like a little bit of a catch-up situation, an intro. If you guys follow my YouTube channel, you would have seen that today, today's Monday, so today a video went up talking all about the Aries new moon. So the Aries new moon is actually taking place this Friday, April 1st, which is super exciting because I don't know, it's something about a new moon that takes place on like a Friday. Friday or Monday that really gets me like obviously Monday is like the start of the week but something about a Friday new moon baby that just feels good it feels like you're just kicking off the weekend with the good positive vibes of a new moon and this Aries new moon is really special it is also the first new moon of spring it is literally the first new moon that we have as we are coming out of sort of the winter of the slumber of y'all know the vibes of winter like you sleep baby you slump so it's the first new moon of of the spring things are blossoming things are literally unearthing themselves and so in the video that I have on YouTube we're talking all about that energy what exactly is happening with this new moon and what exactly is beneficial for you to start during this period of this new moon and then also I asked you guys on Instagram and y'all said y'all wanted it so I'll put it in a video girl I did what is it called oracle card readings for every single sign yes ma'am so you can go there and watch that for your sun, your moon, your rising. I've already gotten some feedback on the Oracle card readings that people are like, it's spot on girl. It's giving what it needs to have gave. So if you are just trying to figure out how to essentially like bring in the energy, not even bring in the energy, like how to, how to really harness the energy, I should say, of this upcoming new moon. And then also if you have a yes or no, a timing or possibly a love related question that you kind of wanted a sign for, then definitely check out that video. I will link it down below. And of course, um, for upcoming new moon and full moon videos, I think I might do more of these card readings as well. If you guys are really into it and if there's 
positive feedback on that. So my loves, I want us to dive into our conversation about stoicism today because it is going to be a very juicy one and it's one that I've been meaning to have with you guys for a minute now. So if you are unfamiliar, stoicism is a philosophy that's designed to make us more resilient, wiser, and better people. It's actually been practiced by many of the great leaders throughout history. So like we're talking like old, old history to kind of history that's a little bit more modern and newer to us. But stoicism is actually defined in the dictionary as the endurance of pain or hardship without the display of feelings and without complaint. Despite this definition and the fact that whenever a lot of people hear the word stoicism, they're either unaware of what it means or they think that it is a synonym for emotionless behavior. At its core, stoicism is a tool that's used in the pursuit of mastery, wisdom, and strength as you face the world. And anyone that studies philosophy is someone that is studying how to become a better person and essentially a better member of society. So when we're talking about stoicism, there are a few different thinkers that help to form the school of thought. And I wanted to make sure that even though we're going to go into more of like the principles and stuff like that, that we actually acknowledge and talk about the people who help to form this school of thought. So the first person we have to give a shout out to is Zeno of Citium, who was a Hellenistic philosopher from Citium and who was also the founder of the Stoic school of philosophy. The second is Marcus Aurelius, who was the head of the Roman Empire for two decades and also a Stoic philosopher. The third, Lucius Seneca, who was a writer, a statesman, and again, another Stoic philosopher. And the last, Epictetus, a former slave who became one of the most analytical Stoic thinkers. Now, when we talk about Stoicism, there are four main virtues that are observed throughout this entire practice and entire philosophy. The first is courage, which is referring to the courage to do the right thing and face challenges with integrity. The second, temperance, which has to do with moderation and self-control when it comes to all aspects of your life. The third, justice, and it has to do with being a great human being, being fair to everyone that you meet, treating everyone with kindness and respect. And the last, of course, which is certainly not the least, is wisdom, which has to do with navigating complex situations with wisdom and calmness in your everyday life. There are so many books, pieces of content on the internet, just so many things that have to do with stoicism that if you want to look into all of the different ways that you can practice this, all of the different ways that you can be an actual, you know, authentic stoic, that you can find the information if you truly want to look for it. But for the sake of today's episode, we are going to focus on five different ways that you can practice stoicism in your everyday life and specifically ways that can help you in your journey to manifesting your dream life. One of the first ways that we can practice stoicism in our daily life is understanding what we can control and what we can't. Now, things are going to happen in our life that suck, and that is part of the human experience. Not everything you're going to enjoy and not everything you are meant to enjoy. And of course, as humans, it is definitely okay. It is healthy to experience a range of emotions, and sometimes that range bears into what we may perceive as negative, right? So feeling upset, feeling angry feeling like why is this happening to me wanting to change things and that is okay to go through that range of emotions but the key here is really to understand what is within our control and what isn't 
Once we identify the things that we can't change, we release ourselves from the shackles of dwelling on them. Because you guys know there are going to be times where you just sit there and you ponder like, why did this happen to me? How could I have changed things? And a lot of times that dwelling, that pondering, that sitting and sort of like, you know, having yourself a pity party leads to the suffering. It leads to you like basically sitting in that situation longer than maybe you should in any given moment. And it's human to want to be in control I talk about this all the time that I literally struggle with feeling you know wanting to be in control a lot of times in my life I think when we're in control or when we have this perception that we are in control it makes things feel a little bit easier it makes it feel like you can predict what's going to happen it makes it feel like you're not stepping into the unknown and it is definitely a place of comfort to feel like you are in control but of course that is literally just a perception because a lot of times like the only things you have control over are your reactions your actions and yeah i think that's basically it like you don't have control over other people you don't have control over what other people think about you what other people say to you what other people do to you and the more that you can really sit with that and understand that the more you're going to live a more fulfilled life no amount of emotion reaction wanting things to change wanting people to do better treat you differently act differently act according to the sort of idea you have of them in your head is going to make them do exactly what you want unless of course what you want is aligned with what they want and the more that you can accept that the more you are likely to live a happier life in your daily life if you find yourself going through a lot of moments really dwelling on the things that you can't control do like a practice of asking yourself is this something that is actually within my control or not when something happens for example if you are let's say sitting in traffic right you were literally driving home you're sitting in traffic maybe there's an accident or something up ahead and it's making you irritated maybe you're hungry okay maybe you want to get home and get to get to your food get to your bath get to your tv show that you got a show coming on at a certain time girl and you about to miss that show if you don't get home whatever the case is you're sitting in traffic and really at this point there's literally nothing you can do about it because you're behind a ton of different cars you can't fly over them you can't jump the traffic you just have to wait right in that moment ask yourself is this something within my control or is it not of course in the situation it is not within your control right you can't do anything to change the situation that you are currently experiencing which is traffic all you can do is accept it for what it is and allow yourself to sort of go through it allow yourself to literally drive through that traffic like you know past that time however and get home when it is your time to get home and accepting that the traffic is something you can't change in that moment you're allowing yourself to calm down and not get so angry about it a lot of times as humans we can get very very angry over situations or just not even anger only as an emotion but you know sad upset uh negative emotions over things that we can't control over things that are literally not up to us to change and so when we can accept those things in the moments that they are happening i think it just allows us to sort of sit with it and accept it and that's sort of the biggest thing that this is also teaching us here is acceptance it's not about trying to change anything it's not about trying to force ourselves to not feel any emotions it's about accepting what is and what is not and that is basically it.
The second way that we can practice stoicism in our everyday life is to turn our obstacles upside down. Now, when I read about this, I was like, this is definitely a mindset shift and definitely a practice in terms of reframing. The Stoics believe that you could turn every single problem upside down and each bad could become a source of good. Now, in Stoicism, there is no good or bad, right? There's no belief that something is inherently positive or negative. Things are just what they are. What is up to us when it comes to good or bad is our perception and our belief. How are we interpreting the events that happen to us? How do we perceive the events that we are experiencing and how do we think that they can either affect our outcome for good or for bad? What we're talking about here is the fact that you can always choose the way that you see things and essentially because of that you can always choose your reaction. So choose wisely. I will say that in our modern day world this practice in some ways can go a little bit far and turn into toxic positivity right because I said before and I'll say it again that we are humans we are experiencing a human experience and there is a range of emotions involved with this so when something bad happens or when something happens that you are first perceiving as bad yes I think it is absolutely okay and healthy to feel the emotions of someone who may be upset may be angry may be sad whatever you are experiencing but what the stoics are talking about here is what is your action after you have perceived these set of events even if something to you seems bad even if you're like this kind of sucks i wish this didn't happen to me is there a way for you to turn the situation into something that affects you positively that has a positive outcome for you i think a really great example of this is when we think of the workplace and how y'all know when you go in the interviews and they're always asking these like problem solving questions and they give you an example of like something goes bad you know with your project or in the office or with your team what is your reaction and that's kind of one of those things that I always think about is like if you're in a situation now whether we're talking about overall life or whether we're talking about career your relationship whatever when something goes bad like yes we can all sit here and acknowledge that something has gone wrong this is not the outcome that we expected or wanted or predicted but how are we actually going to go about it are we going to sit here are we going to dwell on that or are we going to say you know what here is an opportunity for us to try this out as a problem solve here's an opportunity for us to like put our minds together and figure out what to do next like there are always two options whenever you are experiencing something that's not what you want you can either sit there look at it be like this sucks i hate it pity party dwell in that forever and ever and then what happens you're just basically allowing yourself to suffer and you are not allowing yourself to grow from learn from the situation or anything like that or you can say okay you know here's a situation that I don't like but I'm gonna take this as a learning moment and I am going to allow myself to grow from it and like I said going back to the toxic positivity thing this isn't uh, an area where I think we need to discount our emotions or discount our anger our upsetness our irritation with what has happened but it is an opportunity for us to literally practice a conscious form of reaction and practice you know actually like taking situations that we are dealt with hands that we are dealt with in life and looking at it and being like is this an opportunity for me to grow and if so I'm going to take it as such 
About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com 
slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The third way that we can practice stoicism in our daily lives is by taking the view from above. So Marcus Aurelius would often practice what is known as taking the view from above, and I believe this is also known as Plato's view. In doing this, we are invited to take a step back and look at things from the bigger picture, essentially from the grand scheme of things. Now, when you take the view from above, it makes it easier to see how some of the everyday problems of the things that we are so focused on in like the current moments and in our current lives are really irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. In doing this, we are also encouraged to see things from others' perspectives and understand that our view, our perception, our perspective of the world is not the only one that exists. I love this practice and I find myself doing this often and I think that with a lot of these like philosophical teachings, I love this kind of stuff because like it's just so interesting but as you guys will hear with like the last two that we talk about, some of it can seem a little bit morbid and I think the whole thing with this is that when we talk about our humanity and when we talk about our lives as humans we want to find meaning right we want to find purpose that's literally one of the things I think a lot of us struggle with in our lives is what is the purpose of our lives like what are we here to do what are we here to be or or have or enjoy or experience and I think with philosophy a lot of the answers come back to this sort of not idea of like meaninglessness but this idea that we are just here to be right we are here to create the meaning we are here to live the life that we want to live and I think that's kind of a a circular answer for a lot of humans because we want direction we want someone to sort of tell us what to do or we look to religion and God and some of these sort of like bigger entities and ideas in order to feel as if we have an answer right of you know not only what our purpose is but what lies beyond the grave what we are really here to do as not just an individual but as a collective people but when we take the view from above I think it's a really interesting perspective because again it introduces an idea that a lot of us actually might find uncomfortable which is this idea that we are in many cases relevant and it is not to be something that brings us down I think it's actually a view that is kind of refreshing right and in many ways we've touched on something similar to this in past episodes where I've talked about confidence or I've talked about sort of how I deal with things like you know walking into the gym and feeling like oh my god it is you know it's awkward and whatever whatever and then I kind of take that view from above and I'm like you know wait a second like I'm in my head but like I I bet you other people are in their heads too or I bet you they don't even care like what I'm doing or what I'm working on or if I like trip and fall at the gym I'm sure like it doesn't matter it's like so irrelevant to the grand scheme of things which is the fact that everyone's in their heads everyone has this like perception and view of the world but at the end of the day like we are one little blip 
right? Our minds, our life, our existence is one little blip. And maybe I think I'm going, you know, kind of far into this thought. And I would love to like chat with someone else about this specific idea of taking the view from above, because I don't know if this is the original perspective or the original understanding of this particular um, practice when it comes to stoicism. But I do believe that it's kind of an interesting way to look at it of like, again, we are in many ways irrelevant like our lives our existence but not to say that it's because I feel like that sounds so bad but I think it's kind of refreshing I think it just really again reintroduces this idea that if nothing matters in a way then it sort of frees you from the shackles of like feeling as if you have to create this giant meaning of purpose it frees you from the shackles of thinking that there's so much weight placed on your time here and it really allows you to enjoy your time here without taking it all so seriously I don't know that's kind of just like my thought on it but the other part of this as well is you know seeing things from other perspectives and understanding and realizing that your perspective your view is not the only one that exists and this kind of goes back to one of the four virtues that we talked about earlier which is the one that is around justice right treating other human beings with kindness and fairness when we're in any given situation and we take on this bird's eye view this view from above or Plato's view we can start to recognize how in many situations like it's not just our emotions our outcomes our understanding of the world at play and this goes really really far whenever you're having any sort of like interpersonal relationships which is all of us right we have relationships with family members partners friends co-workers and in any given situation you are always going to be tasked with this idea of like seeing it from your point of view or seeing it from your point of view but like the other people's point of view and I think that really helps when it comes to making decisions that feel just that feel right that feel empathetic that consider other people's feelings when you take this view from above you are looking at the world as not just like your world like this is basically giving like you are not main character (laughs) is what it's giving I know I know it's giving you're not the main character it's giving we're all here to work together we're all characters in this game and in considering other people's feelings considering other people's emotions point of views perspectives you can have a better understanding of the world as a whole and I think that is what helps us be better human beings be better companions be better collectively in the world is when we realize and recognize that it's not just us that's having an experience on this earth and allowing ourselves to accept and recognize and acknowledge other people's experiences as well. Okay, so I warned you guys that we might get a little bit morbid and this next one definitely, you know, definitely fits into that bucket. And it is the practice of memento mori. Memento mori is Latin for remember you must die. And this is essentially the ancient practice of meditating on your mortality. Now, meditating on death is essentially seen as a way of facing death and eradicating our fear of death. This goes way back to the time of Socrates. And whenever we talk about death and especially this idea of, you know, meditating on your mortality, meditating on the idea of death, I think it can seem really depressing to a lot of people. But the idea here is that it is simply a reminder 
reminder that we are all going to die someday. But in doing this and remembering that we are all going to die someday, it is meant to encourage us to live and to truly embrace the art of living. We don't know when we're going to pass and we don't know what happens after we pass until of course we do. But what we do know is what is happening in this current and present moment of our lives. This helps us to create perspective when it comes to our lives. It helps to remind us to treat life as a gift because it is a gift and we don't know like I said when it's our time to go. The thought of death and the thought of meditating on one's death shouldn't be a scary thing but it should more so be something that's humbling and invigorating reminding us to take chances while we're here to do the things that we love while we're here do the things that we want to take those leaps because of course this time is very limited. Before I knew that this was a practice within stoicism I have always sort of done something like this and I remember having conversations with people and sometimes I would just sort of like go down this rabbit hole of speaking about death and talking about my mortality acknowledging it and it's always not always it depends on the people that I talk with right my close friends they get it they have a similar mindset point of view but with some people it tends to go into a place where it's really uncomfortable I think we are taught that death along with things like sex money etc are taboo topics and shouldn't be talked about we should never have a conversation where we are as humans acknowledging our mortality I think in many ways our society really tries to encourage us to believe that we are immortal. Now there are many ideas around rebirth and reincarnation that we are not necessarily tapping into here and even if we were to tap into the idea of rebirth and reincarnation within those ideas typically when you are reborn or reincarnated you don't come back as your conscious self like you're I'm not going to come back as Deandra remembering my past life as who I was. So in many ways rebirth and reincarnation you're still living a new life even though you are reborn again in those ideas but you know going going past that right and coming back to this idea I think again society in some ways has sort of tried to convince us that we are immortal I think it's a beautiful thing to live your life to the fullest and to really enjoy your life but to think or believe that you are immortal and to live your life from that perspective I think is a completely different thing than to live your life from the perspective of understanding that you are a mortal soul and understanding that this is your one life to live and so you're going to live it to the fullest from that perspective. I think that encourages taking leaps and taking actions from a place of wanting to create a fulfilled and enriched life versus doing things that may not be the smartest and may just be flat out dangerous because you're like, well, whatever, I I'm it's not going to I'm not going to die from this, right? That's like a different place to take the action from. I've always loved sort of acknowledging this idea of mortality because whenever I'm faced with a situation or faced with anything in life where it's sort of like I feel like this gripping fear on a decision that I want to take or on something that I want to do I come back to this idea of I could die tomorrow and again seems very drastic seems very you know morbid seems very wild to even bring up the idea of death in such a casual manner a seemingly casual manner however it is true that's the thing I think when we say things like this it's not to be dramatic Dramatic, and I've never said it to be dramatic and be like, oh, I could die tomorrow. I've said it to be real. I've said it to acknowledge the reality of the situation and to really come to terms with my mortality, to come to a place where I truly do not want to. And I feel like I'm in a good place where I don't really fear death in that way because at the end of the day, it's going to happen to us all. We can't run from it. We can't escape it. We can't prolong it because we don't know when it's going to happen to us. But in doing so and in understanding understanding that this is 
you know, the inevitable, but in also understanding that we do not know when it's going to happen, I think it's really meant to encourage us to live our life to the fullest. Is there someone that you love that doesn't know? Tell them, because why are you waiting, right? Why are you waiting? Is there something that you've wanted to do for a really long time that you always talk about, that you have dreamt about, that you literally think about every single day? Do it, because why haven't you done it yet? You can literally pass tomorrow, and would you want to leave this world without saying that you ever took that leap or without being able to say that you took that leap that you wanted to take you know what I mean so it is in some ways you know quote-unquote morbid right when we think about the way that we have been conditioned to think about death and passing but I believe that this perspective is one that can allow us to really and truly live a more enriched and fulfilling life simply because we are acknowledging the reality of our situation we are not immortal and we are going to leave this earth someday and even if you know you believe in reincarnation and we do come back you won't ever come back as you so what do you want to do who do you love what do you want to try where do you want to go this is your sign to do that and tell that person and do that thing because you never know you literally just never know Okay, my friends, we have come to the end of the line with our fifth and final way of practicing stoicism in our daily lives. And that is this idea of amor fati, which is also known as a love of fate. This is the practice of accepting what has happened, accepting what is happening, and accepting what will happen. It is the practice of accepting change as well as being necessary and part of our greater fate, even more so than acceptance it is literally the practice of loving and embracing our fate resisting what has happened or resisting what is happening or what will happen just creates more opportunity for us to suffer because we are trying to push against what is literally happening to us and especially when it is something that we can't control which of course we talked about earlier so this should not be a surprise to you guys that we're talking about fate at the end of this episode I think it's like a full circle type of moment for us This also reminds us to embrace the challenges that we face, not only this, but to love the challenges that we face because they are what shape us. Again, I feel like this is just sort of a mindset shift, right? A mindset shift and a reframing practice when it comes to acceptance. And again, when it comes to the practice of loving all of the things that you are experiencing. Now, this is easier said than done. And I do think that there are situations and experiences that we go through that aren't something where we actively love it in that moment or even love it you know after it's passed and I feel like that's perfectly fine I feel like this particular practice is really trying to get at the understanding of like fate and that some things are meant to happen to us and you know it kind of is like the the older version of everything happens for a reason I sort of go back and forth with believing that everything happens for a reason I tend to lean on the side that it does however because I feel like if I don't I sort of get really angry (laughs) and maybe this is why this is a practice when it comes to stoicism to help us be less angry and be less upset but I feel like whenever I fall into the thinking of like what if everything doesn't happen for a reason what if this just happened because it's random and it did it sort of becomes a moment where I think I lose faith in the greater grand scheme of things I lose faith in God I lose faith in just my entire life because if there is no reason for this particular 
particular thing happening to me or for this particular thing that did happen to me then what is what is anything like why is anything happening and you know I feel like this particular practice, Amor Fati, really just touches on the fact that if we can embrace and love the things that are happening to us, it sort of gives us faith that there is a reason for it and we'll eventually understand what that reason for the thing happening is, whether it be to shape us, whether it be to bring us to another moment in our lives where we are happier or where we have an outcome that we want or prefer. So this is a tough one. It's one that, I don't know, where do you guys fall with this one? Do you agree with this one? do you disagree I think I like go back and forth with this one personally like I said but I really do like to err on the side of there is a reason for any particular thing happening in my life and that you know I may not love it I may not love it I may not even like it (laughs) I may not even want it but eventually I will at least understand it and maybe with my understanding right like Steve Jobs said you can connect those dots when you look backwards versus trying to look forward and connecting the dots maybe when I have some understanding of why certain things happen to me why I went through certain challenging situations I can have a love and appreciation of those things but let me know you guys maybe on Instagram or I don't know anywhere else whether or not you believe this one or whether or not you agree with this one I think it's a controversial one especially the whole everything happens for a reason sort of outlook on life but I would love to know what you guys think about this one All right, my loves, before I wrap up this episode, I found three of my favorite quotes from Stoic philosophers that I wanted to share with you guys because I don't know, I want to leave you guys with a little sum-sum to ponder on. The first quote is from Epictetus and it says, you become what you give your attention to. If you yourself don't choose what thoughts and images you expose yourself to, someone else will. Juicy love that the second is from marcus aurelius and it is you have power over your mind not outside events realize this and you will find strength and the last quote is from my man seneca okay and this one is the primary indication of a well-ordered mind is a man's ability to remain in one place and linger in his own company i really hope you guys enjoyed this episode and yeah just let me know maybe on instagram or tiktok or wherever i've like been trying to post more tiktoks lately or even on youtube what you guys think of this particular episode if you enjoyed it or not i wanted to bring a different school of thought to the podcast because a lot of these things that i read and come across and that i personally just like study in my free time i think they really do help to shape my outlook on manifestation and creating my life and i believe that they are beneficial for you guys as well but i really hope you enjoyed this like i said i will chat with you guys on friday for friday's episode and yeah my loves have a beautiful week have a lovely friday new moon and aries and i will see you guys over on social media bye my loves Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.